Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Six point five percent was it? Is is that what the current odds are of the Stanley Cup? Well, and you if you look at the round by round progression, the Stanley Cup favorite is uh-huh. the Vancouver Canucks. Like what a time to be alive! I- Talking you through every goalie controversy, scoring slump, and draft lottery bust. This is the C Four Podcast on CanucksHockeyBlog.com. Here they are, the best starting lineup we could afford under the salary cap. Chris, Matt, Anna, and Adam. Welcome to the first episode in 2023 of the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined by the familiarly refreshed Anna Forsyth at A Forsyth 03. Welcome to the new year, Anna. Thanks, Chris. Happy New Year to you as well. Um, yeah, um, I've been spending some quality time with Mama Forsyth um, over Christmas New Year, so that's been great. Um, to get to a Canucks game, which was great also. Um, she did want me to tell you that she won a free shirt, so Ooh. she's officially like, part of the Canucks fandom now. How did she? How did she win such a this free this free shirt? I don't know. She just looked like a friendly face. I guess the you know the people throwing out the shirts just made a beeline for her, and she got given a shirt. So hmm. there you go. There, there wasn't any like strings pulled or. No, I mean <laughs> I don't know what strings I have, but I yeah, definitely wasn't me. Well, good for Mama Forsyth getting herself some uh, new threads to you know, rock around town. Like, is she going to, it's a Canucks shirt, like big logo or small logo or, or what? It's a big logo. She actually left it here to give to me, but you know, she, oh. she won it. Uh, she wanted me to tell you that, but yeah. Well, no, I, I appreciate that, but I was hoping that she would take it home and then, you know, would be spotted around town. Yeah. Well, maybe I should post it back to the UK and then she can be wearing it on the streets of Lewisham. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm sure there's, no one else. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, I mean, I got weird looks wearing my Canucks gear around London for sure. Oh, well, I'm glad that uh, she was able to to make it into town. Um, I mean, we had sort of been chatting um, out, obviously, outside of the show because we haven't recorded since uh, she arrived. Uh, and uh, she was flying in just in the nick of time, just before uh, you know, Vancouver yeah. decided it didn't want to accept flights no more. And I think even the day she arrived, it accepted like two international flights or something. So luckily she was one of them because, yeah, I don't think she was aware how crazy it was in Vancouver. Like just shut down completely, just snow. You can barely move. Mm -hmm. Um, Transit sucks. Like, and then, you know, like less than a week later, the city is just completely back to normal. It's weird. Well, I mean, so for listeners who are obviously outside of the Metro Vancouver area, the Pacific Northwest, I don't think you fully appreciate 
how unprepared for a type of weather that we rarely get we are like this is it's like oh you can't drive in the snow yeah because we don't get any oh you don't have winter tires why i mean i know there are reasons why you can get you know winter tires in non-snowy weather but it's just you know we're i describe vancouver as the tropical part of canada i mean all things relative we're kind of tropical in the winter (laughs) yeah i mean but to be fair like this the snow was like really much worse than we usually experience but we do get snow every every single year and every single year the shitty the city shuts down that's what i said the first time that's i didn't hear anything else i did not at all i clarified um yeah so i (sighs) I think Vancouver is totally unprepared, even for the most basic amount of snow. So, yeah. But um, speaking of un- unprepared, uh, the Vancouver Canucks uh, were not, um, at least uh, for the weather system. Uh, they didn't, uh, unfortunately, uh, do so well um, more recently. But uh, we're going to get into all of that, um, how they uh, did uh, over the course of our holiday break, and uh, in turn talk about uh, our favorite player, uh, JT Miller, because, you know, why not? Uh, You're listening to the C4 podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanuckHockeyBlog.com. It's kind of like I wanted to go in a half full, half empty there, but really, this is rewind. Yeah, I mean, we're just constantly assessing how we feel and it's usually half empty but yeah i mean it's Um, also been a couple of weeks i've forgotten how to like you know run a podcast um it's an entirely new year it's been so long since we recorded it was 2022 when we last had a show i know crazy um yeah i mean i feel a little bit offbeat as well but yeah it's weird it's been a like up and down break for the Canucks they like obviously they had two wins to go into their holiday break and then two losses coming out of it um I mean I've got to ask the dad question did they eat too much turkey did they eat well if they had eaten too much turkey it would have shown against that uh, San Jose Sharks team that rolled Although, into the town yeah, just after the holidays like, it's true but it's San Jose so True, but that doesn't mean anything when you're the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, let's be no, real here. True. The Canuck, Canucks find a way to lose to really bad teams um, just as often as they find ways to lose to really good teams. So, Yeah, it's true. Um, but, like, yeah, it's, it seemed another comfortable win over San Jose. Um, they obviously beat them in overtime last time. This was a little more easy. Um the Canucks, like the Sharks, seem to love their reverse retro jerseys. So, is there a limit to how many times you can play in them? Because, well, who knows? If so, Vancouver and San Jose are pushing it. But if um, if there were yeah. um, a superstition involved, I could totally see the team trying to stretch the limit. Uh, but it's more likely a hey, do these seem to sell when we wear them? Let's wear them, right? So. I mean, yeah, I don't love the San Jose ones, but I like that they're different. Um, and I love teal, so. Um, and the Canucks one, uh, I'm kind of mad about it, but it looks really good. I kind of didn't want it to be good, but it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, overall, like, uh, do they seem any different a team in, in 2023 no. as we, yeah. No, like, I mean, I was sort of thinking about this. Like when we, we consider where we were, when we were recording our last episode, the Vancouver Canucks were putting up their second of two law five, one losses against the St. Louis blues. And uh, we we're sort of looking ahead and it's like, ah, I don't know how they'll, how they'll do what's, what's uh, you know, how's this team going to perform? And, you know, arguably, I mean, I think they've been mediocre, which is fair, just like our show. Um, but then those of you would say, well, no, out of five games, they won three. So that's better than mediocre. Eh, well, in the NHL, that's that's mediocre. On top of which, the Vancouver Canucks have been less than mediocre. Um, 
leading up to this. So those those three wins, one of which was against a Kraken team that I think lost the game more than the Vancouver Canucks won it. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, it begs the reason that uh, they're really still not that good, uh, especially when you, you see them, you know, trot themselves into to Winnipeg there. Um, do the unthinkable um, and get an, you know, goal 41 seconds into the game uh, because uh, that was the only goal they got. Um, the Jets, uh, you know, weathered that early storm, one might suggest, and then uh, proceeded to put uh, three in the net uh, before such time as, uh, you know, stuff happened. Um, do you want to talk about stuff happening now or should we talk about stuff happening later? I mean, I... Th- We'll mention it now because it seems weird to just not refer to it, but obviously JT Miller threw a bit of a hissy fit when um, such time sort of happened that he thought the goalie should have been off the ice already and was not. This goalie, Conit Delia, who, you know, he's a call-up. He's a backup call-up and was keeping them in the damn game. That escaped JT Miller, but I think we can go into the bigger picture later. But yeah, it wasn't great to see, and it's just kind of part of the mounting evidence that you see a bit on this team. The reason why I sort of said, should we bring it up, is that it got brought up again on Saturday. It's, you know, Hockey Night in Canada on Sportsnet because uh, it was New Year's Eve. And, um, they were talking about it, you know, throughout the broadcast and, um, you had, I think BX, uh, I think it was Rudy to say one that they're, you know, defending like, Hey, he's a passionate guy. He's a leader. You know, this, you know, that's how he sort of communicates. Yeah. Yaddy, 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 And then, uh, JT Miller presided to, uh, or proceeded to present a further exhibit on his stellar uh, performance that we've seen quite a bit of this season that then had them going like, yeah, man, I can't defend that. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think if you're getting, I think the first part of what you said there just shows like how what you have to do to actually get torched by the national broadcast um, as a hockey dude. And um, yeah, like if sports now calling you out on it, yeah, you're messing up. Yeah. (laughs) The, you know, just on the, the situation happened in Winnipeg. I, I understand that you might want your goaltender to leave the ice, if I am the goaltender, as far as I'm aware, you are looking at the bench and your head coach, or if it's delegated to the one of the, uh, the associate or assistant coaches to call you over. I don't believe that had happened. Boudreaux had even confessed. Yeah, I had, that's on me. That's my mistake. Even though I don't, you know, I don't think Bruce made a mistake. It's just, he hadn't quite decided that was when it was time to take him out. But when the puck was about to go up the ice, it came back in the zone. And how often do you see goaltenders like, nah, I'm going to wait to make sure we're, we're getting out of our own zone here, uh, which yeah, Vancouver's not good at. Backup call up. Like, he's not making his own choice there. Oh, no. But, you know, I'm, I'm willing to sort of suggest JT isn't doing that because of who's in the net. He's doing that because he's frustrated at a variety of things of which I really hope he is frustrated with his own game. Um, Though that doesn't seem to be the case based on some of the things he said, uh, you know, in the last couple of days, but you know, then when we get into the, the, the game against the flames um, instead of it being him shouting at uh, Martin, who quite frankly was the only reason the Vancouver Canucks made that game look as, as decent as it is. Um, you know, the back check is, is only a suggested thing. It's, it's, it's not a requirement for a professional player, especially one that's paid as well as he is. <laughs> yeah. That's the hard thing, right? It's not like we're going hard at him for making mistakes. It's not like he makes the wrong choice, which many of the Canucks players often do or, the effort's there, but the execution didn't work out. This is lack of effort. That's mm-hmm. what we're saying. It's not like oh, he's deciding not to back check because he's decided to do some other defensive move doesn't work out. Like, I'm not saying it's laziness, but it does seem like it's lack of effort. I, w- I would be willing to say it's laziness. 
Like I, yeah, like, and I, you know, maybe that's, maybe it is an unfair assessment for a guy like me who's not in the room and has <laughs> never played professionally and what have you, but it, it's not a one-off. I can, I believe yeah. I'm now on to two hands. The number of times oh, this season oh, that please. he's simply coasted to the bench, not back checked. Like that can't happen. And what, what I think drives me nuts is that while it's frustrating to see a player make a, a bad decision with the puck, throw it up the middle or something like that, like the Vancouver's first goal against Winnipeg, I said first goal, they did get two, but their, their first goal against the, the Jets, um, horrible pass. <laughs> you don't, you yeah. don't break out of the zone by throwing it in front of your net with an opposition player hanging out, collecting it. If JT Miller was doing stuff like that, that would bother me. But what bothers me more is when your give a shiznit meter is devoid of anything. And if, yeah. if you were to say, well, he is, he does, he does give, you know, a shiznit, Chris. Um, he look at him as a leader, you know, trying to take control of the the play against the Jets and and what have you. Nah, man, that's that's not leadership. That no. is uh, no. I, I mean, I could swear here. It's just what I really want to describe it, but not leader. No, like let. But let's be honest. Like passion is not. He may be passionate, sure. Like he gives, like he dropping the f bombs um, that we all heard during the um, pandemic season, but just like wanton anger is not helpful. You know, he's a professional and his teammates are covering for him when he fails to deliver defensively and he's yelling at his teammates. Like, it's not a good look. And Bo Horvath might have said all the right things, like, what's his passion for the game? Because he's not going to throw JT Miller under the bus by saying we don't want to see that. But we there, don't want to see it. There was... Um... A comparison by some to suggest that, well, Ryan Kessler was the same way and he didn't get anywhere near the flag that JT Miller gets. I honestly don't recall, and I'm sure it may have happened from time to time, but it's not something that I can ever recall as being an issue with Ryan Kessler. He gave a shiznit each and every game. I mean, the culture of that team at the time in that era, if you didn't, you were out. Like it was, and it got handled in the room like, the players sorted that out. Whereas now I feel that, you know, your so-called leader, I mean, those who don't view Horvat as the leader are generally saying JT Miller's the guy. If your, your leader is showing how to play by example, by coasting, by giving up on the play, by going after, uh, you know, teammates not being supportive no man, that's that's a problem. I, I. But just on Kessler, and this is going to take a classic off the rails, quick off the rails. Um, early today, I was just randomly watching old Canucks video clips, and one of the things I saw, and I'm not sure how like recent it was, but like within the last year or so, um, Kevin Bieksa was on the Wally and Mathot podcast with Mark Mathot. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were talking about Kessler and like how Kessler didn't speak to BX for like three weeks solid because he caught him and Alex Burrows making fun of him. Um, <laughs> like that's childish. And clearly, you know, like Kessler had these kind of, I'm not going to say attitude problems, but you know, like being a bit of a baby about things. Um, but, but on the, on the ice, ice on the ice he and honestly it got to a point where the stories off the ice with him not wanting to be in vancouver um with him like the kind of off ice stuff that got buried a lot of the time you know with you know maybe his behavior Mm -hmm. um with the women of vancouver um but that started to become more and more important when the play on the ice wasn't there right right at the end so um yeah, but if we sort of got the impression that Kessler didn't care 
um, on the ice or was doing any of the things that we're seeing JT Miller doing, like, yeah, you better believe, like, yeah, Canucks fans and media would call him out. Oh, man. I, I, it's going to be a tough remainder of the season should he remain tough. a Vancouver Canuck <laughs> for yeah, this I to continue to say, occur. Um, tough um, seven years. Well, I'm, we'll get into a half full, half empty, but <laughs> stuff, but things, yeah. you know. It's definitely not presenting a case of what about this useful cost-controlled asset that the teams might be interested in. Yeah, no kidding. Um, looking ahead at the, the week in front of us here, um, the Canucks remain at home for two more games before they head out on a, a lengthy road trip. Uh, they take on the Islanders uh, tomorrow night, or if you're listening to the show on Tuesday, tonight, and then uh, the Owls will come in and beat them on Thursday. Um, oh, come on. I mean, you're giving yeah, me a no, look. I mean, but... <laughs> no, um, it's like realism, not pessimism. I mean, there could the Vancouver Canucks beat the Colorado Avalanche? Damn straight, they could. Will they? No. Like, no, probably not. And like, can we take a look at this road trip? This is a classic Canucks road trip. Just like it, just track this flight path. So they're in Winnipeg um, next on Sunday. So you know they have a little bit of a break. On Tuesday they're in Pittsburgh. On Thursday, they're in Florida. Like, make it make sense. So they're in Florida over the weekend, and then they have a Saturday night against the Panthers, and then a Sunday afternoon against the Hurricanes. So just a quick hop up the East Coast again. Yeah. Well, so you you talked about they have a couple of days. The Winnipeg game is a a 12 p.m. Pacific start. So um, really, they have have Friday, Saturday as a travel. Um, and then early in Winnipeg, I would presume they then leave Winnipeg and find themselves in Pittsburgh for a day. They'll play in Pittsburgh. I would imagine they'll leave that night, get down to Florida for overnight Wednesday. They'll have Wednesday in Tampa, Tampa. And then I don't know if they'll travel, um, again, but you're right. The Panthers on the Saturday, but the, the Carolina game is a 2 PM start. So they'll have. Essentially, it's a back-to-back as if it was like here in Seattle type thing. The difference is the the length of the trip is is, is quite a bit different. Um, but then to come home and get beaten by the Tampa Bay Lightning here. And, oh, guess who's after that? Colorado Avalanche again. I mean, isn't this awesome that you get to play the Az and the Lightning twice here? Yeah, it's just like play the last few Stanley Cup champs in short order um, after a kind of brutal road trip where they've probably already beaten you once yeah oh anywho um you'd written in the uh, rundown here um by the way how good is Mackenzie Wegar? is he good he is good I hate his name so much it makes me think of bugs but um I just love watching him play and because he's in the Pacific now you get to see him a bit more and I keep kind of forgetting and then I'm just yeah, it would just be fun to have him play here, that's all. Oh, no, that's never going to happen. I, I know it's not. Um, but yeah, just seeing a good defense, um, two-way defenseman um, when we have one of those. <laughs> so a uh, little off the rails here. I went to my uncle's um, yesterday for, for dinner. He, he has a essentially a he deep fries turkey on this driveway um it's 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 phenomenal um but it is not the uh, safest way to cook a turkey um right. he's done a lot of research he has a lot of experience but again he it's not the safest way because it's like you're, you get to the oil pretty much up to like the smoking point and then you have to put a turkey in and if there's like if the turkey's not dry if there's any water if there's anything inside what have you problems you have to have the level of the oil to the right because oil expands when it's heated just like everything else does but oil expands much more in water and so yeah blah 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 but while we're waiting for this process he's like hey chris do you think the, the canucks can turn it around and are we losing bo horvat and i you know fill them in on much of what you and i have been talking about over the course of the season and he's like okay so let's say they can figure all of that out. Let's say, you know, as you described, they find out that way to make that work. I'm like, yeah, great. So they've solved the problem up front. And guess what? The defense is still a problem. So really, 
there's no way of fixing both. Um, and you sort of have to choose one or the other and neither one of them is going to actually be fixed. So just blow it up. It's like, Oh, you yes. sound optimistic. I'm like, no, because they're not going to blow it up. But so. that is opt- Yeah. And honestly, like that would be the most optimistic viewpoint, right? It would yeah. be, I see a future. Um, well, I see yeah. a future. It's just not bright. Yeah, but there's a way out, right? Um, oh, that's, we're I already mean, too late, but sunk cost fallacy. We've got to start now, otherwise we're behind. Just a, just a player away, Anna, just a player away. Yeah. <laughs> player two years away. Something like that. Okay, now we're going to take a short break. You're listening to the C4 Canucks Hockey Podcast, brought to you by the Full Press Coverage Network and CanucksHockeyBlog.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Take hitting out of the game. You can't hit anymore, so don't do it. The unsportsmanlike conduct, I want to get an explanation on. No kidding. Because how do you get suspended for unsportsmanlike conduct? Plus interference. There's no interference there. He had the puck. Now, Madison never, ever did that before. Now, why did he do it? That Because he was mad. Well, your early favorite for the Calder (laughs) Trophy, that's for sure. Elias Patterson, you might even say your early favorite for the Hart Trophy. (laughs) Just to get back to your question, Elias is going to play plenty. He's going to get a lot of power play time and... Yeah, I'm concerned about our offense. We lost 200-point players, and we've got to find a way to score. I think it's actually a good segue, because we're talking about my uncle and me saying the suggestion or solution here is to rebuild. And uh, we wanted to talk about the ability to rebuild when you have uh, a couple of dollars tied up uh, in, uh, you know, cap. Um, Now, I actually said to my uncle, like, if the NHL were to find a couple billion dollars in their back end that they didn't know about and the cap were to go up, that would help the Vancouver Canucks because it gives them some flexibility. They do not have. The problem is I feel that they would then go take that money and waste it in the free agency, which is just horrible. You you can't rebuild through free agency when you're buying. Sell, trade, yeah. not buy. And, and unfortunately, I just have it this – Inclination the Vancouver Canucks would be the type of team that would look to look to buy. Yeah, um, I made the mistake of looking at which players um, will be over thirty um, either next year or within like their current contract uh, on and, the Canucks. Yes, and unfortunately, it's quite a few of them. <laughs> well, okay, and I'm- the numbers tied up there are depressing. Okay, well, like like next year up front, um, JT Miller will be you know into his thirties. Um, mm-hmm. Now, if if we start going beyond that, there are a few other players. If we look at the term of their contract, will be into their thirties. Um, um, right, but like the, also Oliver Atwin Larson. Well, is, then yeah, he's then you get to the blue line. The, the blue line's a whole different story. <laughs> and Tyler Myers is already thirty-two. Um, so. Yeah, like, if we're looking at the players, like, Luke Shen's over 30 as well, but he's not currently signed beyond the year. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of players up in the high 20s, right? You know, um, McKayev, who I didn't realize was 28. Um, so yeah, Sheldon Dries, I mean, he's signed bare minimum and only for another year. Um, but yeah, McKayev is 28. Um who else is up there? Um, well, if they re-sign yeah, Bo, he'll be into his 30s eventually. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of players in their mid to late 20s. Um, and, yeah, it's kind of depressing. But 
Yeah. Kind of depressing. I mean, well, I wouldn't say it's kind of depressing. It is depressing. It is depressing. Um, it's just like one of these contracts would make a rebuild difficult, but putting them all together makes it seem really like really impossible. You're going to have to take some losses on those trades, um, on some trades, and stop re-signing people and sign some cheap free agents and rebuild through the farm and be prepared to lose. Like, sounds so simple, right? It it totally does. I mean, so the the scuttlebutt that I think is more Vancouver dreaming than anything else uh, was that uh, Alexis Lafreniere in New York is, uh, you know, potentially a, a, a target for the Vancouver Canucks to acquire. And hey, wouldn't the Rangers love to have a stud like JT Miller on their roster? And boy, would that be cool if the Canucks could just do a straight up swap there. And okay. <laughs> the problem for- also is that they know JT Miller way too well over there. Well, no, that and the fact that like, you know, at this point in time, and this, again, I started having this conversation with my uncle, I'm like, the time to have traded JT Miller was before this season because this season, unfortunately, has reinforced to a lot of people in the league, he's he's not good. Now, this could be a down season next year. He's back to his regular old self. Well, that's great and all, but in the NHL, it's a lot of what have you done for me today or lately. JT Miller has not been doing a whole lot. Like He has not helped himself. And if the Vancouver Canucks were to go and somehow pull something off with the Rangers where you had a salary of less than a mil come this way in place of a, you know, like right away, right off the top, you got like three and a half million dollars of cap space that you can now start to utilize to the end of the season. And then going beyond that, whether you keep Lafreniere or not, you have $8 million to, to play around with. You don't have to necessarily look at trading Bo. Now, I am not necessarily committed to you bring Bo Horvat back just because. Like, it, I would I would like Bo to remain a Vancouver Canuck, but if there was a deal on the table that allowed the Vancouver Canucks to trade him before the end of the season to make something, um, you got JT off the books. Like, to me, right there, you have, you have given yourself flexibility that you just you won't find i mean it still doesn't fix the blue line but hey yeah i mean that's massive um obviously like would be great to keep Bo. he's not signing for less than eight um let's be honest um would be fun to keep kuzmenko around um but yeah that's you know he's earned himself a raise for sure um I don't think that, yeah. Unless we get rid of JT, it's definitely not realistic to keep Kuzmenko. Um, certainly not Kuzmenko and Bo. Like, it just wouldn't happen. Although, Dan Milstein has shown on Twitter today he doesn't understand how the law works. So, um, maybe that helps us. Sorry. Because his- what, what? I didn't see this. <laughs> Okay, so for those of you who didn't see this, um, Dan Milstein, who is agent to Andre Kuzmenko and um, Danila Klimovich as well, um, basically said about how, um, you know, Vancouver's sort of trying to ban foreign buyers um, of property and how that would, um, along with the sort of tax implications, stop players signing in Canada and then everyone pointed out that the players are on work permits, so they would not count as foreign buyers. Uh, okay. Well, okay. So I did not, I did not realize that. But to clarify, we said it is it's Canadian uh, regulation. Yeah, it's a Canadian list. regulation. So, um, Sorry, it's not for anyone here. It's like, oh my god, why would Vancouver do that? Well, oh, Vancouver no. does it's some. Just, some it's fun a things, particular but, problem in Vancouver, but yeah, it's it, um, it's it, Canadian. Yeah, but no, you're right. Work permit, like work permit, um, uh, student permit. Like if you are you are legally permitted to like a, be here, and, like a resident, and even live. if it's temporary. 
Yeah. yeah. You can, you can go and buy a home. Um, but if you were to go and say, yeah, this is my, my vacation property and I visit two weeks every year, not going to fly, but, but anyhow, um, that's you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually be naive to think something like that doesn't play into it some way, shape or form. Like, I mean, players and their agents do also go and take into consideration taxes and the costs oh, yeah. and all this. Like the cost of living in Vancouver and in Toronto is considerably higher than if you were to say to be in Winnipeg or Calgary or Edmonton or what have you. And, you know, the cost of living in Canada tends to be higher than that in the United States. So, I mean, there's a lot of factors that come into play. So I'm not going to suggest that what he's saying doesn't hold water. It's just the the bucket is to which you put the water in has many holes good metaphor yeah that's what i'm here for um do you honestly think jt miller gets traded no like i had i had floated this you know after the contract i remember saying oh maybe they're playing like 5d chess here and <laughs> like there's there's no no way although the way um jim rutherford's defending jt miller maybe that's just part of the sales strategy Maybe. I mean, like, what would you be willing to give along with JT Miller to see JT Miller on his way? Because it's, it's, a, it's a JT plus at this point. Yeah. I mean, like, JT aside, I think we're both resigned to the fact that we're going to see a player go that we don't want to see go. Um, whether that's as big as Bo or that, like, or, you know, someone else, but there's going to how about Bo Horvat? You can take him as long as you get JT Miller with the two. A two for O special. I mean, I, mean, I that sucks, but I, like, I'd hate to I get would, no return on Bo, to, but like, is the like you take both for futures? That would suck, but like, what you're buying is cap space, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, which which is a very hot commodity in NHL. We have started to see more and more deals structured in such a way that what a team is actually getting in return is the cap space. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. But like, that, there'd be a lot of players I'd be willing to see go if it meant JT Miller went with them. And this is not a huge attack on JT Miller per se. Like, Canucks offered you that contract. All you did was sign it, like, your attitude right now does like doesn't sit well with me, but like overall, like I'm not mad at the player for signing a the contract he did. Um, he earned it. So, yeah, peace be with you, and I do mean it, JT. If like I would pretty much let anyone go with him, apart from obviously Petey and Quinn. No, I agree. Maybe not Thatcher either, because goalies to come by yeah i'm actually i was just reading the the quotes from uh rutherford here um i i it, i don't even know if it was pj's article in the province i actually skipped I'm the Mac. byline i'm oh, okay no just like bringing into the fact that like rutherford was a goaltender <laughs> and i was like okay There's i'm not sure that like how relevant that is there's a lot of things going on there's going to be times where guys are going to have missteps. It's fixable. Okay. I don't know what's going on. Maybe there is lots going on that's leading into this. There's going to be times when guys are going to have missteps. You know what? And that's the thing is, I, as you and I had sort of talked about earlier, it's, if it was missteps, like it happened here yeah, and exactly. there, you know, fine. Like that happens. Effort is not a misstep. Uh, your your give a shiznit meter is not a misstep. It's not like, oh, I did it once. I learned my lesson. It'll never happen again. It's happened so many times that we're counting on two hands here. And the and season not, is not, you know. If we thought, you know, that the organization was publicly defending him, but in private sort of dealing with him, like Luke Shen clearly has an issue with. And if the sort of rumors in the last few days are to be believed, quite a few players have an issue with his mentality his attitude um but clearly however they're dealing with it is not working it's not like become this transformed player in terms of effort 
The, um, I mean, I, I did hear that JT Miller is of the belief that the reason we've seen a reduction in the production of, uh, is in his play is because he's of the belief he's a far more responsible player who doesn't cheat anymore. Um, and that development of his two way game is, is, is the sign of, a, of, you know, his, his progression. Um, uh, Wags actually had uh, crunched the numbers and uh, notes that in December, in all situations, JT Miller was on the ice for 14 goals against in 13 games. At 5-5, five and five, the Canucks were outscored 8-3 when Miller was on the ice. And that is to counter what Miller was saying is that, um, you know, he uh, he hasn't been on for a lot against. Yeah. Um, the first time I saw that quote, I sort of read it as like, you know, him taking accountability is that I'd like to say it's this, like, you know, I'd like to say that that's like what I'm trying to do, but that's not like panning out on the ice. And then just like the more I read, I was like, yeah, that's wishful thinking. Um, yeah, his five on five play has sucked. Like his power play has been. But that's a, he doesn't think it does. He, yeah, he genuinely believes he, he so this is I think this leads into another topic we've talked about. I mean, it, it happened again in this article where where Rutherford essentially threw Bruce under the bus. Is Bruce saying one thing to his player? His player sees and feels something entirely different. Management is like, well, yeah, this coach doesn't know what he's doing. He's putting you in a bad situation or whatever. Feeding that beast. But like, can I just say like bad situation? That's the type of play that. Miller should be in like he's a supposedly a senior center like he's gonna be the best played center like he's got PD in him and like PD's bearing up the defensive responsibility like he should be be put in bad situations that's his job yeah I I, I was just sitting here you know in my thoughts, wondering, would Tortorella make a return to Vancouver? Because as much as that would be chaos, could you imagine JT Miller in a Tortorella Ooh. world? Like either one, Torts fixes him, or two, JT wants out, which is good. Um, did he play under Torts before in New York? I don't know. Um, because yeah, I'm curious as to how those personalities came about. Let's um, see. JT was in New York. I mean, like John Tortorella is not coming back to Canada. No, I mean he's not coming he back to Vancouver either. But north of the border. Uh, did he sign the deal? Okay, sign with Tampa. When did Tampa acquire him? Sorry, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm, I have cat yeah, friendly up, so that's that's why I, I'm I'm trying to like do the the math here. So I mean, uh, he was with the Ranger. Like the contract that he had had signed with the Rangers was eleven through fifteen, um, and then prior to that, that was his last contract. Uh, yeah, I, I mean it's possible that uh, Torts was there. Anyhow, regardless, yeah. Um, the other thing you'd put in the rundown, this is a very good question. What happens to the, the C? Um, I'd slap it on PD. Would you? I wouldn't slap it on JT. I mean, God, no. But could you, could you see a, a JT yeah. under a, a PDC? I mean, I can't see that working well. Um, and I don't think um i don't think pd would take the captaincy if jt remained an alternate do you like no, or jt remain but like i, I just, don't know i i just think i think if you can get luke shen resigned for a reasonable amount luke shen makes way more sense as a captain to me in the short term over pd but then like so this thing though is if, if it's a short term if it's a transition like jt is here until the end of time and if you're not going to give yeah. him the captaincy. But what kind of culture does that set? Well, no, I know. I mean, not, clearly I don't the Canucks were happy with it. I don't it. think he should. Yeah. Like, clearly uh, the Canucks I, were happy with whatever culture he was putting out. But Like, do you have it on Shen's shirt until 
Quinn reaches age. Like, but I then, mean, see, the problem with Quinn know, is, will he remain a Canuck himself? Captain. Yeah. I don't know. To me, like, I think PD is great um, in terms of, like, attitude. I, I think he um, shows great on the ice. He, I think the media took a while to adjust to him, just his more, like, European sensibilities. Um, but I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's bad with the media. Um I think you don't just make your best player captain. I think it has to be something Well, else JT's not your best player. Yeah. I mean, then not the, someone to counter, well, Chris, you know, you, Anna's right. You don't slap it on PD or whomever. Well, like, Yeah, that's I, what I'm suggesting, that I think it wouldn't be good for Pedersen. No, and I, I don't – I actually don't disagree with that. I just – who else? Yeah, not I think it's JT tricky. Miller. Yeah, I think, like, to me, the best in terms of... But I feel like I'm just trying to emulate sort of a boho that leadership and, and like, someone that's a good leader um, and good culture setter, to me, would be Luke Shen. But um, oh, actually, I, yeah, he's not even... I have no issues with, with him wearing a, a, a C, especially in a transitional sort of role. It's just what... Transition yeah. to what? I mean, he's 33. Like, yeah, exactly. You've got to decide sort of um if you make Luke Shen captain you've already got to decide like either who's your next captain or what that group is going to look like yeah. um obviously Canucks would love I feel like Canucks will just go back to no captain at least yeah. for a year hmm. I think they're just like so close to that I know um our enemy of the show Wyatt Arndt um took the a run at like, the stanch um he took run at like some um left field candidates for the role and stuff um he did an article about it and who made sense but yeah to me i can't see i think it's so difficult because yeah luke shen culture wise jt miller like makes sense in terms of what you've sort of set out your organizational plan to be but that sucks if I don't like that at all. I was trying to give you the evil eye. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. You're not great at it. No, I'm not. But, but, but I mean, if our, our listeners could have seen it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not saying that JT Mello makes sense as a captain and what we expect a captain to be. Because I think even though he's going to get the C, let's be honest. It, no matter what we say, he's just going to get it and sky will fall. Yeah. If the captaincy is more like, more for the fans than the organization, then was it like say to the fans by giving JT Miller the captaincy? Like you don't have to try. Yeah, exactly. You know who they could give it to when they draft him, uh, Connor Bedard. That would be neat. Uh, you know, watching him tonight against um, Slovakia. My goodness. Kid's unreal. It's, it's just a shame out. he won't be a Vancouver Canuck. Like I'm not, I'm not even optimistic that the Vancouver Canucks will have be first overall or be bad enough. Or like it's just, it's not going to happen. Like I, I've, I have come to the realization that that Vancouver will have no hope unless like a Brian Burke esque trade or trades takes place in which, you know, he got the, the Sedines, but again, it's just the yeah, only, like, about the only thing that could happen is Connor upon getting up on the stage and says, I refuse to play. And I only want to go to Vancouver and he Eric yeah. Lindros himself into town, like, which won't happen. Yeah, exactly. Which again, won't happen because he's a good polite kid, but yeah, he, I, I, when I wrote the rundown about, like how good it would be to get Conor Bedard. Um, like the f- quarterfinal game hadn't even happened, so um, he hadn't broken the record. Um, he had just been 
like ha- you see his goal in old overtime. And now it's sublime. Yeah, it's like yeah, I'm gonna hold it in. I'm gonna go and ride the blue line. Now I'm gonna go and yeah, okay, uh, you're out of your skates. You're out of your skates. Oh, goaltender, you're into the corner. Let me just put it into the net. And meanwhile, um, the other Slovak player is just sort of watching it. I think he was in awe. Like he didn't even really react. His stick came down way too late. But oh, Bedard would be phenomenal. It's just a shame he won't be in Vancouver. Yeah, I think... Maybe he'll bring the Stanley Cup to town when he wins it on whatever team he gets drafted by. Yeah, the holiday period kind of showed us like just how easy it is for the Canucks to go from below average to like average, right? They just like cruise over 500. Do I think that's enough to make the playoffs? No, but like it's enough to just miss them. Yeah, like... like not you know, have enough to just miss the playoffs for sure. They were so Sakaris and Price um, were on CTV just before the end of the year uh, with Jason Perez doing sort of you know review of uh, the Canucks in the season blah 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 and um, one of the questions was like you know where do you see the Vancouver Canucks ending up and uh, Price is like um, I, I at the start of the season I thought they might squeak in now I'm gonna I'm of the opinion they're gonna squeak out and it's the worst possible position to be in because you have absolutely no power within the context of the draft and you got no value for potential playoff hockey. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Vancouver has a lot of work to even get themselves to that spot, but they seem to have a way to do that. Um, but they are closer to being nearer to Chicago um, than they are of, of sort of squeaking in right now, I believe. Yeah. Um, I think squeaking out is a good way to put it. Like, yeah, like they're, I, you know, they're vacillating between edge of the playoffs and below. They're just, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, you know, looking at the the percentages here. Oh no, actually, they're they're closer to Anaheim. <laughs> Chicago is doing a really good job right now. Yeah, but like they're having a bad season, but not a terrible season. I think their strategy would have to change for them to lose as much as they need to. Yeah, it won't happen. And it won't happen. No. Uh, oh, well. Love the too much. So here we are, end of a show. Another mediocre episode from the best mediocre Vancouver Canucks podcast uh, around. Um, I had mentioned this on, on social. So for some of you who might be paying close attention, things changed on, on social media as it pertains to uh, our podcast. Uh, We look a little bit different. And I thought my tweet about it was, was, was witty. I mean, I, it got a, a little engagement, but, uh, but no, I, I talked about a, a potential rebuild and how, you know, uh-huh. our podcast will be going through a rebuild for 2023. Um, and I put yeah, in at least you can count point. on one rebuild, right? Maybe the Canucks can too. Yeah, exactly. But uh, we have a, a new logo. Uh, we have a new brand. Uh, the podcast uh, cover art that um, will change soon. Uh, you're going to hear eventually over the course of the season, uh, or at least the year new intro. I mean, it's about time that Matt and Adam get the boot. Yeah. I mean, Matt popped into like C4 discord, makes a snide comment and then pieces out like, yeah, but at least he popped in. I don't know what's up with Adam. I hope he's doing well. I have, we don't hear from him. Hope the conditions in Matt's basement are suiting him. That's right. Um, but these are some of the changes that we're, we're going through. Uh, we're also, as we had talked about last episode, changing the way as to which you could support our show, um, transitioning off of Patreon, which is no longer available. If you go to patreon.com slash for podcast, it does not work. Um, you have to go to uh, buy me a coffee or call on BMAC. But the way to get there is very easy. You just go to support.c4podcast.com. You'll be forwarded. Um, you can support us either through a membership, which is a recurring monthly thing. Uh, you can, it's $5 a month or you can commit for the full year, which is 50 for the year. Uh, or alternatively, you can uh, support us by buying us a pint. Um, pints are five bucks each. You can buy us as many as you want. So it's, it's not a exactly thing. a good pint. No, no. I'm, I'm getting this, uh, the happy hour, you know, pint out of 
not Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, again, support.c4podcast.com. I haven't set it up yet, but uh, for those who support us over the next while, you'll get a sticker. Um, we've got some pretty solid stickers uh, that we want to get out to our supporters and uh, those who sign up as members, um, both your mom who already has and Rich who already did. You'll get stickers too. It's just that I wasn't ready for you to go and do that so quick. So it didn't grab address information, um, at least from Rich. I hope you know where your mom lives. But uh, I do right now, but, you know, I, I don't know. She might be moving, so she's... Yeah. Woman of mystery. So, but again, uh, this will be set up shortly. Um, what it'll also provide you access to is to the new supporter chat, um, which if you are a former patron of ours, you're like, well, where did it go? Uh, it's because of the, when patron went dark, you no longer had access to it. You'll get it back when you sign up through, uh, through BMAC. Yeah. And, We've got a few other cool ideas uh, that we want to sort of play around with um, to help sort of, again, recognize your support, but also, you know, provide you more uh, for doing so. Um, It's just, again, it's a rebuild. It's going to take some time. It will be happening this year. Yeah. Retooling on the fly. Well, no, 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 no. Rebuilding on the fly. Not We're not retooling. afraid to say it, rebuilding. Exactly, rebuilding. Um, someone had seen this tweet and then messaged me privately. They're like, is something happening to you or Anna? And I mean, I could I see mean, how, like, in the Canucks yeah. contest, sure, but no. or just Also, the New Year, new look thing just applies to the logo. Like, we look the same. Although, I don't know, lighter force, you're... Moving down the weight categories. I yeah, I mean, I, 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 I was, uh, you know, pushing up against the cap uh, in 2022, <laughs> and I cut my cap by about uh, ten, just over ten percent uh, in the year. So it's, I've got impressive. some some room, but I do not wish to go and spend such cap space on uh, free agency. <laughs> Good, smart still, move. Still looking to to rebuild there and maybe you know trade a few more of these assets away. <laughs> Yeah. Very good. Uh, but yeah, um, here we are at the end of the episode. We talked about how you can support the show. We talked about how you can get some stickers. Again, it, it, more details will be coming soon. Uh, C4 Discord, discord.l slash C4 podcast. And again, for those of you who are like, well, where did patron chat go? It's now supporter chat. And to get access to it, you support the show through BMAC. And then uh, we haven't launched it yet, but the C4 book club will be a thing. Um, the I literally f- started it today. You, you, you did start it today. I did because basically I was trying to complete a number of books in the year. So I was rushing through some books at the end of the year and I did not want to rush through Aaron Bob Hattie's books. Okay. Well, I mean, that's that's the first book. So we'll have details out this week. Um, We'll talk about a little bit next show. We'll be talking about it in a discord as well. I know uh, Nexus is in, you and I are both in obviously, and uh, anyone else who might be interested in in joining the C4 book club. Uh, And honestly, I don't necessarily believe you have to be a listener of our show. Um, the most important thing I mean, is you, you need to be able to read and that's mm-hmm. or listen because audiobooks exist so yeah. don't even have to be able to read yeah. we're very inclusive cool but uh, any final words of wisdom uh there Anna? well i'm gonna unfortunately bring the tone down um um is uh, any of you that have been on twitter or watching sports um this weekend on Sunday night or Monday night, you might have seen something happen in the NFL. Um, some scary stuff. We oh, don't yes. know much right now, but um, yes, hoping for the best. And yeah, as always, hug your loved ones and try and do good things. And I believe there is um, a toy drive you can donate to if you feel like um, supporting. So yeah. um let me see if I can it's I'm sure if you search Damar Hamlin you can find it. Um but yeah. Hoping yeah, for the best. Yeah, um I hadn't I did not see it happen. I I mean NFL football no. is not something I follow religiously. No, and, neither. But I was actually talking to a few people and when it happened it was just sort of the talk of the conversation. But you know, I I I, I agree with you, you know, hug your loved ones. And when it comes to sport, understand that the sport is not the end all or be all. Um, Mm -hmm. It is, it is 
it was a, a tragic scene. Um, and, you know, really there might be much that one might want to say about, you know, whether it be football or as we might talk about hockey or anything like that, but at the end of the day, you know, what happened here was the result of something beyond the play. And while I hope he, he recovers and he is, is well, and we've seen, you know, incidents where someone has had a very critical issue like Ericsson in, uh, in the euros. Right. I mean, he's, he's back to professional yeah. play. This is, this uh-huh. is someone whose heart stopped you know, stopped a professional athlete, someone who's, who's got like the best doctors and goes through all these tests and, and what have you. You and I don't necessarily have access to, or the ability to, and yet, you know, this occurred to him, he's back and he's playing. And I hope that that happens for tomorrow, but, um, Hanlon, but uh, you talked about the, the, his charity drive. Um, so there was a charity drive that he had on GoFundMe. It's still there. Uh, his goal was $2,500. Um, and, uh, it's well over a million now. Wow. I mean, I don't know what it was prior to everything that is happening, but it is good to see people rally around the cause that he was, he was supporting. And I, and I, again, I, I would love for this to occur and him to be completely well and back on his feet. Yeah. And, but you know, he's setting a good example. So if you want to donate to another course, that's more local and close to your heart. Like, I think that's a good way to like put your energy, I guess. Yeah. I agree. So on behalf of Anna, a 4603 myself, Chris at Lightforce, signing off the C4 Podcast, where you can find us on Twitter at the C4 Podcast. On behalf of CanucksHockeyBlog.com and the Full Press Coverage Network with We Out.